Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing. Welcome to the Fast Brackets Podcast, where we highlight the cars and stars of top sportsmen and top dragster drag racing. I am your host, Rex Simmermaker, coming to you from the heart of Indianapolis, the racing capital of the world. Welcome to the show, guys, girls. Today is episode number 104. I have with me my co-host holding down the Fast Brackets East Coast branch, JP Miller, JP, what is up, my man? What's going on, uh, Rex? Just over here doing the opposite of a farmer, praying for a drought. Uh. <laughs> Bro, it is it is wild right now in the world. I mean, we have craziness happening. This is very reminiscent of our 2020 year. And I think we did the whole year in this last week. We have the Dow Jones crashing. We have uh, all of the gains that happened last year got wiped out, economically speaking. Um, And it does not appear that things are going to get much better than that. Uh, Europe, my goodness gracious, if you have friends and family in Europe, buckle up, ask them to come over. Half of Europe is going to freeze to death and the British pound is uh, in the the uh, dollar over the euro is just crashing like crazy. It, it's it's nuts. Um, obviously, um, anybody in a environment where they look are looking to buy a house right now um, are looking at rates going, this is crazy town and rates and inflation are skyrocketing. It is wild, wild times economically. And yep. then, and then we've got this stuff going on. Like we've got this hurricane in, Right, that's that's coming on the East Coast. You're dealing with that, right? Yeah, dealing with the hurricane. Uh, dealing with if we're going to get the race this weekend, or if we're not, um, it's looking like it's going to be soggy. So we'll see. Only time can tell. Right now, we're at the mercy of Mother Nature, and you know, Mother Nature kind of does what she wants to do. I would pack your poncho, is what I'm telling you right now. I mean, that <laughs> yeah. Is, uh, and I'm I was trying to think of like all the really evil villains in different movies and i feel like ian uh is kind of a common theme for like the villain and and so it makes it perfect sense to me that they would name hurricane ian as like a villain for for our race weekend this weekend coming up yeah yeah Uh, absolutely that's uh, a little bit facetious but what's not facetious is that our uh nasa group or whatever shot an asteroid like nine billion uh, miles away like they they thought that this asteroid was going to come and hit the universe think about that for a second nasa thought an asteroid was going to hit the planet 
or so instead of letting him do that they shot it down in uh in mid space somewhere they they called it a dart and they shot an asteroid yesterday um so if you had yeah. if you had shooting an asteroid on your 2022 bingo card you can mark that one off that's absolutely crazy it's starting to feel like we're living in a in a in a sci-fi movie <laughs> <laughs> doesn't it and to cap this whole thing off jupiter came like super close last night i don't know if it's super close but it was close enough that it, it fooled half the world into thinking there were two moons out last night so from that standpoint we have just massive chaos uh financially and like uh, what's what's the word I'm looking for? Atmospherically or uh, astronomically or something like I don't know what it is, but <laughs> yeah. that's a word. Is that a word? Uh, we'll have to get producer I, Chris to check that out. I'm I'm looking for uh, Will Smith and and Tom Cruise to be suiting up and strapping into some kind of fight or going to do something. In Brother, space. I don't know. We need them both right now. We don't need even one. We need we don't need one. We need both of those dudes gearing up right now to save the universe. It's uh. It's getting a little bit chaotic out there. The good news for us, my friend, is that we have two great guests on today. Um, we, I mean, we really do. The, these guests are going to be great. So first of all, we have Jerry Albert. He recently won the Carolina Betway Nationals in Top Sportsman. He's been on the show before, been great on the show before, and he is just a perennial top sportsman, uh, ultra high competitor. And so he's going to come on and talk to us a little bit about how he won that national event. And then we have maybe the coolest dude that has ever been on the show, JP. Jeggy Wheats. Jeggy is nine years old. And I'm just going to tell you, I was lucky enough to meet this dude at the U.S. Nationals in the PRI suite. And I could not wait to have him on. And I cannot wait for all our listeners to hear his story and and really dig in and listen and see how maybe we can help this dude. So I am excited about the two dudes that are coming on this show today. Oh, yeah. So guys, girls, get to doing whatever it is that you do while you listen to the show. Make your commute, clean the shop, work on that old heap, but metaphorically speaking, get your helmet on, get strapped in, because here we go. All right, let's make a pass. Let's get them hot. Let's put this thing in the water box. JP, we mentioned um, in the first segment about the fact that we have some chaos coming down the line in terms of of just weather, uh, first of all. I mean, not excluding everything else, but the, the weather. And so what that's meant is the PDRA has, has proactively said, hey, they're canceling this weekend. And they does not appear at this point in time that they'll be rescheduling that event. Um, and I think you've done, dealt with this a little bit as well as a promoter, right? Like you kind of go, all right, we're in the back half of the season. What do we do with these events? 
Yeah, um, when it gets to this time of the year, there's just really not any dates left because everything is booked up and everybody's trying to finish up and get everything that they had in done. So when you have an event and you have weather threatening, if you have to cancel, um, most of the time you just have to cancel and you have to call it an event. Uh, you can't because there's no makeup dates. And and, and that's what the PDR is dealing with. Like they're, they're not going to be able to make this race up. Um so they'll just move on to the world finals and, and, and that will, that will finish out the season for them. Um, and however the point shake out is how it'll be. Uh, and, and, and it's tough because this time of the year, you, you're kind of dealing with this. Um, weather is always a factor, but early in the season and late in the season is really a factor early, not so much because you can still squeeze in and get rescheduled, but late in the season, the schedule is just already full. And when they have, you know, they have events already booked. This is you're at the mercy of Mother Nature, and there's really not a lot you can do. Exactly, and I mean nobody blames the tracks for booking their schedule up, right? I mean that's the way they make money. They can't have open dates necessarily on the schedule for things like this. But I think it does lend to an interesting conversation about ultimately when we crown a champion in let's call it the PDR event. We're just using that. For an example, but it could be in the NHRA level. It could be in Midwest Drag Racing Series. When you have a series that loses an event, right, loses one-eighth of their points-earning opportunities, that makes things interesting. And, And ultimately, I'm not convinced there should be asterisks at the end of these things. But looking back, I wonder how many people were ultimately hurt and or helped with Goofy things like that, maybe Mother Nature, maybe um, a competitor getting an odd break, you know, somehow either with equipment or a buy run here or there. I mean, um, how how important do you think it is to be lucky to win a championship? Oh, luck is a is a huge factor. Um, I don't think you can win a championship or a race without having a bit of luck. Um, you're going to have at least one lucky round. Um, you're going to have at least one lucky race. You're going to catch a break where you did something that you might not necessarily would have won with, but it worked. Um, it, it, it all, it all plays, it all plays into the championship chasing. It's like you said, you, you get a whole race that you miss. You might have somebody who was on the outside that was counting on having a good showing and needed those points. And then you don't, you don't get them. Um, due to the race being canceled or whatever and and there's nothing you can do about it um so you always have people to say oh if this would have happened i would have i might have won or if this didn't happen i might have won um you know it it, it's it's a million things that can that can cause you a race or can cause you a championship you got parts breakage you got you know it's just so many variables but um yeah it absolutely plays a part in all that i said a long time ago on a show that doesn't exist anymore that you have to be perfect and then you have to get lucky and what what i got was a little bit of feedback i think from the dirty-minded female viewers because they thought that was uh, incredibly funny and i really wasn't uh, thinking of it that way at all but i've i believe you still have to be perfect and then get lucky at the end and yes, uh, i absolutely. think that's ultimately how the champions get crowned but it is it is um, interesting to look back and see 
what the turning point is in somebody's series. And we ask that with, you know, some of the drivers and we'll have Jerry Albert come on later and he'll talk us through, you know, winning a national event. And that's a, that on a smaller scale is, is the same thing. Like there's always a round you go, whoo, you know, and uh, he'll talk us through that. But we hear that all the time. We think, all right, we've got to get through four rounds or five rounds or whatever it might be. And we can pick one out and go, that one could have, that one could have changed fate pretty quickly. <laughs> yeah. I would say 90%. And I don't care who it is from the pros down to a junior. I would say 90% of races, probably 99% of races. If you win a race, there was a round that you probably shouldn't have won, but it worked out like you were dead late, but the guy broke out. If you bracket racing or the guy went red and your car didn't move 10 feet, it's, it's, it's always something you are always going to have one lucky round. And then, you know, around that you drove good and it, it just it's just the nature of the game. I've said it before and I'll say it again. You've got to be perfect and then you've got to get lucky. All right, let's put this thing in the beams presented by AFCO Racing Products. On with us now. Please welcome back. He was earlier he's he was an early adopter and a huge friend of the show he was on episode number five and also number 18 so if you have not listened to episode number five number 18 please stop right now go back listen to those episodes because you will learn everything you need to know about our guest jerry albert who just won the carolina betway nationals national event in top sportsman he is currently sitting number seven in division three and number 23 nationally um welcome back to the show our friend jerry albert jerry how are you doing man hey i'm doing good rex how's how are you guys doing well we're good but we're not as good as you brother we do not have an extra (laughs) wally trophy in our uh you know on our shelf like you do you yeah we were we were happy to add one yeah you seem to love that track in charlotte right oh tremendously uh i'd like i think columbus is a great place and norwalk's been pretty good but there's just something about traveling down 77 and rolling into z-max and uh, uh racing there uh in 2010 i raced the inaugural and uh, ever since then, it's uh, the last five races have had a lot of magic. You've uh, remind our listeners um, out of the last five racers, how many Wallies do you have from ZMAX specifically? Uh, the three national event wins, uh, semifinal loss, and uh, second round loss last year to Sandy. Right. That's incredibly impressive. And, and I don't know of anybody who has quite that win streak at that track like you do. Um, is there anything about that that just that you just kind of have a confidence level, huh? And the car likes it and you like it. And um, man, it's it's really, really impressive. Well, sometimes I think there needs to be a casino right next to it because <laughs> some of the rounds I feel like I could go to the casino and probably walk away owning it. But uh, uh, 
yeah, the, everything just kind of gels there, and uh, it, it it's smooth, just not on the racetrack, but just in the pit. I work through problems uh, easily, and that's like anybody that races knows that's not always the case, but uh, it's just, I don't know. There's something magical about the place. Um, I, I liken it to uh, back in the day, IHRA days, Marco would uh, like seem like he always won at Rockingham. So uh, I guess this is <laughs> my Ohio guy version of Rockingham. Marco's is. Well, for a second, I thought you were setting me up because, um, of course, um, you know, Winlight Bets would be a, a great sponsor for, for that if you're going to put a casino at the track, which, of course, is the goal ultimately for Winlight Bets. But uh, I know where you were going with that, and that was not trying to set me up for a uh, impromptu <laughs> sponsorship. But I, but I like your style. I like it, Jerry. That's, that, that's really good stuff. Um, well, walk us through um, a little bit of the weekend. Let's, let's start there. Like, um, you and the crew chief, Tracy, are, are rolling down. And, like, do you feel it? Do you feel like, hey, we can, we can win this thing again like we've done here in the past? Or how did the weekend go? Well, I was starting to doubt after Indy if I could ever win anything again because the double, well, it was the completion at Bowling Green of Chicago, um, lost in the semifinals to uh, Kurt Frederick, who uh, eventually won mm-hmm. um, in, in a tight race. Uh, I think I took one thou, breaking out one thou, or took two thou, breaking out one thou. And uh, so that was good. I mean, that was, it was, I was good with that. Uh, drove the stripe good, was okay on the tree only. Uh, and then we ran the Bowling Green race, and uh, Lester beat me second or third round, and uh, I didn't have a good leg. So... Uh, I rolled to Indy, uh, run Vince second round. Uh, we're, he's 007, I'm 006. It's probably like the race of the whole event. And uh, he's giving me a 200s head start. And I go down there and just take too much strike. Like kill 3,000, need to kill four more thou. And, uh, Vince goes on and, and happy for him. He won the race, you know? Yeah. So. Uh, worked out great, you know, he, uh, so I'm starting to have things go that way and I'm starting to doubt if I'm ever going to win a race this year. So (laughs) how, uh, things were going. And, uh, so I knew we were going back to a, a place that was real good to us and, uh, we were, we were just hoping that it would work out and we roll in there. First hit, leave my delay in from Indy. I roll 10 out uh, from my delay in Indy, and I go 10 foul red. So I'm seeing it good. Mm-hmm. So uh, I roll that in and more. And uh, the first four rounds of eliminations, I guess uh, my lights were uh, from a 12 to a 21. So, okay. uh, that gets us to the final, 
uh, running Larry Willard, who was just in the final at Maple Grove, and uh, I was pretty sure he was going to be ready. So watching the wind closely because it was changing from the day before which was a headwind and uh now we have a tailwind that it really looked like it increased from semi-final to final looking at the flags uh he told me his dial and i would i turned to tracy and i said he's on a breakout mm. and that's how i approached the final did you did you have a measurement in your head like saying okay if the wind is let's call it ten miles per hour that that equates to X amount of and I know it's all in the Crew Chief Pro software but in in your mind if you see a stiff flag then how much do you have to compensate for that on the dial in? Um, I, I don't know that I have a number for that. Uh, it was just a feeling I had. I said the flag just blowing a little bit harder. Yep. And from the way he ran, and I was putting him in the other lane. Uh, he ran the same lane as I did uh, in the semi. And uh, I just, I don't know. I just in the back of my mind, I just had a feeling he was running under. So uh, I think I, I staged the car perfect. I, I flicker the bulb. I know I'm I'm not in deep, and the last thought that goes through my mind, which should I thought shouldn't even go through your mind, is don't screw this up. And <laughs> I was a little late, so. Right. Uh, <laughs> and then I feel the car rattle a little bit. Now I feel like I'm in trouble because I really thought when I dialed a 60, I really thought it could go a low 60, and because of the way the wind was too, you know, uh-huh. and. Uh, I, when I did that, I'm like, oh, I, I can keep it decked, and, and I'm not going to run under. So that's what I did, and it worked out. <laughs> but I was having my doubts at about the 1,000-foot mark. I knew I wasn't <laughs> going to get there. And uh, all they could do is get shoot out early and pray that I saw a light on my side, and I did. Yeah, that's impressive. I mean, that, that really goes to show the, um, you know, the intangibles that go along with, with racing and having that gut feel to say, you know, Hey, like, uh, I don't need to get there first. And I don't, I don't think a lot of people understand that, but, um, but you, you certainly well, I had the same feeling it. second round. Yeah. Second round with Gerard, I had the same, uh, feeling and he, he went to 88 with a four on an 89. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so, I know that it was it would look like rain on Sunday there because I was watching the national. Was was that how it was all week there in Charlotte? Well, uh, no, it was actually pretty nice the days before. We had a little blip of rain uh, come through, and then, uh, but the day before, we had dry air, okay. and a little headwind. The first three rounds. Okay. So the next day, the grains go up. You gain 50 grains and uh, a tailwind. So it was all, it's an equalizer. Yep. You know. So um, just had to trust the Crew Chief Pro software. I, it's, <laughs> that's working pretty well. Yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's working pretty well. How about the crew chief? How's the crew chief doing for you? 
No, it's an automatic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like a, that's a Timex watch, you know. Yeah, yeah, she's 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 seasoned. She's working really well. Yeah, she she gets me there. She 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 knows we have a good silent communication now. Uh, I met Tracy in 2010. Uh, we raced a couple of years, and I kind of actually thought about maybe getting out of it, you know, and, uh, the, the race I thought about getting out of it was the end of the season, 2012 at the sports nationals. I said, you know what? I think I'm just going to sell everything. And, uh, we, we won the sports nationals in Columbus and, uh, you know, that changed that winner thought. And then <laughs> we went on in 13 or 14 and won the division. Ah, it was fun again. So here I am. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh yeah, we're not going anywhere. Yeah. Well, for 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 those that don't know, Tracy, uh, you know, your wife crew chief is one of the hardest workers out there on the track and uh yeah, you guys have a, a good good combo when it's it's time to go, just get out of your way cuz you guys you guys have a good uh, you know, have a good combo in terms of who does what and how that things get going. And one of the things I just think is really impressive about your car and and your whole program, Jerry, is that, you know, there are a lot of guys out there that think you have to be the fastest car to be good in top sportsman. You know, you're fast, you, you know, you're dialed, um, 660. So that's fast, but that's not the fastest car in top sportsman. And a lot of guys think that, you know, you have to have new pipe to be um, good in top sportsman. And that's not necessarily true. You I mean, you've had that car for what, 20 years now? Is that right? Yeah, I made my first hit at the end of 2000. Uh, I first hit off the showroom floor of Bozier Engineering. It was, uh, they had it for pro stock, used very little. They uh, had their cutlass, which could fit the. 1490 under it back then that the largest tire you'd get under the Camaro at that time was 33.5. So, uh, they didn't run a whole lot. Rob ran it in top sportsman, uh, a little bit. And then it was for sale and, uh, we bought it and converted it, uh, and uh, updated it throughout the years and added X's and diagonals and, a couple different anti-roll bars and now right now the anti-roll is the heaviest one that uh rj makes so that really made the car good when i installed that uh three years ago um mm-hmm. that helped a lot with the consistency at the at the time for running um i've got a couple ideas i want to do over the winter to make it a little more rigid in the middle and uh see what happens uh you know, I've moved weight around in it now. I race it at like 2480 with two bottles, two 15 mm-hmm. pound bottles. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's where we're at right now with it. Uh, I'd like to have a smaller car. They, they mile an hour better at the other end. Uh, naturally the triangulation is there, uh, in the chassis mm-hmm. where it needs to be stiff. Um, but I, the Camaro's part of family now, so it's not going anywhere. <laughs> right. I can get something else, you know, <laughs> that's to be told, but, uh, no current plans. I just keep working on that one. And, uh, yeah. 
Well, one of the things you've, you've worked on, which I think is really pretty impressive, is you changed over a couple of years ago from carburetor to fuel injection to run with your nitrous setup. And what I was always thought was impressive is you, you know, you'd ran in the low 70s and just I felt like you just, you know, painted the dial in on in real paint, you know, before you even left for the track and then you just kept it there the whole time. And now you're running six sixties and you know, no, no different engine combo. You've just kind of figured this fuel injection thing out, right? Well, yeah. Fuel injection with a single, I I was a single carbureted deal with my uh, 622 and then you, go to two kits and then you lose fuel control because you have one carburetor trying to feed eight holes, you know? So, mm-hmm. uh, I got tired of hitting pistons. Uh, the class wasn't showing, it was showing signs of not getting any slower. And I was, I think, uh, was it 2015 somewhere around there? I had D and Q'd like four times in a row and ultimately burned it up at Indy and made my decision that I was going to change. So I did a lot of research. Uh, you know, they all uh, pretty much offer the same thing, but the, the ComSync system is a uh, all-in-one. Uh, it's your data, it's your ignition, it's your fuel injection, and it's all out of one box. So it really cleans everything up nice. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I met the guys at the track. Uh, they were all at the track all the time, and that's why I went that route. And and so you've uh, increased that. I mean, well, sorry, you've dropped the ET over a tenth since I'm mean, now thinking the last what year and a half with that thing. Is that right? Just in yeah, yeah. I just kept starting. I started throwing a little more jet to it. Uh, you, you play with individual cylinders. I like, I like having the, the tinker control, you know, and the carburetor <laughs> didn't give me that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you, you, the O2s are consistent, uh, as far as, uh, reading and they're not burning out on occasion where you don't trust them. Uh, so when you can look at that versus and against the EGT and still go to the spark plug because ultimately spark plugs, re- the real telltale. So uh, working with all that stuff and having, consistent results it gives you the confidence okay i can make this change and i'm not going to be putting a piston in it so mm-hmm. uh, after seeing that because uh yeah the first year i just took the time to learn the system because it's nothing like uh, having a grid where you, yeah i knew that like the back of my hand Mm-hmm. And then language is different, so it takes it takes time. So it was a little frustrating going from uh, you know being a senior in college, but and then you're back in uh, third grade. You know? So <laughs> right. <laughs> so I didn't I didn't feel like I needed to practice towing, so I just raced around the house you know that year <laughs> and uh, <laughs> uh, learned the system, got comfortable with it. Um, and then went out, I think, uh, the spring, yeah, the spring of 17, uh, was when we won the four wide. Yep. So that was the, that was the first Charlotte win. 
and, and you, uh and you've got the 665 in it now with the fuel injection with the one um injector and you're running 660s i mean it, it's really impressive speed but you feel like you got more in it well I want to have a little, I want to get a little more out of it. I want to go 210 with that car. I've been 20990. Uh, I want to go 210. I've been 59 a couple times. Uh, I'd like to see a, a 655 to 211. It'd be, that'd be a pretty cool way to go into the winter. Um, but it, uh, whether I do that at uh, St. Louis in a couple weeks, uh, we'll see what the weather's looking like. If we're not going to lose any qualifiers, because really, uh, if you if you look at my qualifying, I'm always testing and qualifying. By the way, mm-hmm. I, I I can I'm all I change I change all the time mm-hmm. in qualifying. I don't typically go to test maybe one or two times a year. So uh, yeah, I'll 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 always change something. And you'll see early shut off and uh you know i don't need to practice par- pack of parachutes either so i'll shut it off a lot of eight miles <laughs> you feel like the fuel injection allows you to get your tune-ups more efficient quick oh quicker not, than oh yeah carburetor? absolutely mm-hmm. yeah absolutely it's it's really an interesting setup because, like you say, it's it's all in one, right? The ComSync stuff is all in one, so you got your data, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm guessing it also has some override stuff where you can shut it down if the cylinder gets too hot. Does it? Does I know? Yeah, it's been yeah you, can set, you can set the high temp. You can set the high temp parameters and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got to give make you feel a lot better in terms of, like you said, when you go test. Like, all right, we're going to try to turn this thing up, but you've got kind of a safety valve there as well. Yeah. Yeah. And I run my stuff back on timing a little bit too. So my EGTs are typically hot because I'm burning, I burn it more in the header. Um, okay. So they're a little, they're a little higher, but I try to, I've hit enough pistons in my day trying things on my stuff, you know, and uh, <laughs> I've only hit one piston with this because I had too much fuel in it. I added X amount of pounds per hour and, I learned that that was too much. So <laughs> that was, uh, you, know, you don't know it until you try it. And then when, when you break it, you learn, you know. Right. But, uh, yeah. But you, you find the threshold. <laughs> right. Well, um, <clears throat> all right. So what's your schedule look like then the rest of the year? Because you've obviously got the thing where you want it, even though you're testing a little bit. What What's the schedule look like the rest of the year? And, and how does this thing shake down for you? Uh, definitely St. Louis double. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's not a whole lot of options left after that. Uh, division wise, I can do two more division races. That'll be five and six for me. And, uh, and, uh, I just stepped on one of the dog's toys here. That, <laughs> uh, uh, all right. Well, let me back up on this. Okay. My division run will be St. Louis double. And that'll take me to six division races, and we'll see where we stand after that. If it warrants going anywhere else, um, I know right now I'm seven rounds, I believe, out of first in division three. Uh, 
if I could score good there, maybe I could get a top 10 finish in the nation. That would be kind of cool. Yeah. That's, that's, that's a, that's kind of like my goal is to get back in the top 10. Uh, if, if I would be lucky enough to get to first in the division, I, I just, I don't know. I'd have to, I don't even know if that's possible, but uh, there's some good racers in front of me. So, and there's some good racers right behind. So it's still open, but a lot of people. And then there's always the parts gods get at them. Right, right. Well, the the yeah, double a, I, the doubles are interesting. I think because you know, like we people can get it on a roll, right? And you know, you're not not uh towing again so you kind of go okay i can roll this thing over from you know what yesterday told me and then but it's a new race and so yeah i mean that double that's going to impact the division three point series quite a bit i would guess oh yeah some guys will claim out um at at that race uh who knows it could the story could be told right there uh yeah i believe rich smith still has the lead and uh and it's uh it's gonna be fun the the it's fun when you can go there and uh see who wins the first race because everybody's still there mm-hmm. so that's 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 fun for those teams that win in their each individual class and uh because there's people there to watch it for one because we know how it is it's when you right. lose you usually pack your stuff up <laughs> and you're trying to get home cause yeah. you're six hours from home or whatever yep. and uh yeah. So the, the doubles, it would be nice to see them uh, install a couple more of them in the future, but yeah, well, time will tell. Well, well, Jerry, thanks for coming on. Good luck in St. Louis. Um, you know, I, I, man, I tell you, I was watching that and I was like, man, Jerry did it again in Charlotte. It was amazing. You, you've got a great run there. I'm assuming you'll move there at some point in time if they haven't started building you a house on the property they probably should and uh you know from that standpoint but uh thank you so much for coming back on you've been a huge uh supporter of the show and a friend of mine and i i, I really appreciate that so thank you and good luck for the rest yeah. of the season yeah thanks guys for having me it's fun good luck with the rest of the season jack yeah, thank you guys girls that was the great jerry albert Today's half-track report is brought to you by DragRaceLawyer.com. For all your high-horsepower legal needs, get a hold of Ed Harney at DragRaceLawyer.com. JP, we have threatened for a long time. We've threatened all season long that we will finally break down the season points leaders. And I think it's time of the year to do that. We are coming or what is essentially the last month of the season. So I think it's time for us to dig in and look at some of these points races, chases that are going on down the stretch in in all the the major series that we cover, Midwest Drag Racing Series, PDRA, and the NHRA. What do you think, my man? Where what do, where do we stand, and what do you think might happen down the stretch? Yeah, um... Coming down the stretch, you got a couple series that things are real tight, and then a couple of them that it looks like uh, the racers pretty much have them locked up. 
um, I think some series are finished, and then you got pending races in other series. So, um, yeah, we'll we'll recap and and go through the the points in each series and and let everybody know how this is going to shake out or how we think it's going to shake out. I like it. Start us off with the uh, Midwest Drag Racing Series. All right, Midwest Drag Racing Series in top dragster right now, leading the points you have Anita Strasberg. In second place, you have Dan Phelps. In third place, you have Delana Whiteley. In fourth place, you have Mark Moore. And in fifth place, you have uh, one of our guests that was on last last episode, Rusty Baxter. Okay. So, so we're on top of the top five there. Um, I don't think they are real, real close in points there. So I, I think that uh, Mrs. Strasburg is going to have that, that one locked up. Uh but uh, be interesting to see. I'm not sure. I think they already done their last event. So if this is up to date, that will be it. Are they um, done? I thought so. That's on me. I, I thought they had one more uh, event left. They, maybe they are done, or maybe they got one more. I'm not a hundred percent sure on that. We'll we'll find out, and we will update everybody here uh, shortly. But uh, yeah, I think. Um, but uh, Anita, she she travels a bit. Like if I remember right, she's in Utah, and then she runs, um, you know, in Texas and and Oklahoma, and it's it's a it's a lot of miles she puts on to to win that championship. So we probably should track yeah, her down, and, yeah, and um, hopefully she listens in her time on the in the RV. <laughs> 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 All right. Moving on to top sportsman in the Midwest Drag Racing Series. Uh, leading the points in top sportsman, we have Michael Chitty. Uh, second in points is Rod Moore. Coming in third is Mark Griffin. Uh, fourth is Robert Ivey. And fifth is Jeff Staub. And is that going to, that's pretty tightly contested, or how is uh, there a pack that is um, kind of broken think, away a little bit? I kind of think that those are kind of, um, those are kind of, of of pretty much locked up. Um, the way I was looking at it, I'd have to, to well, then, go back. I think the Midwest Drag Race Series has had, uh, I mean, I want to say a tough year from the standpoint that they had some weather issues they dealt with early. Um, they had one event that they had a, a racer pass, and so they, you know, they moved that event to kind of finished it at the next event and so you know and we know keith and ellen that you know running that that uh, show there they do a great job but they've just they've battled this year and they've had some things they've had to climb over and i would expect next year's for them to be just you know one of those things where it probably goes a lot smoother because man they've dealt with everything you could possibly deal with this year yeah, it's a it's a it's an absolutely great series though. I and, and like I said, they do do a good job with that. Um, and hopefully, best of luck to those guys next year. Yeah. Um, yep. What about the PDRA? What what uh, let's let's start on the elite side with that. What what? How does that shake out right now? Because they just canceled that, so this makes the last event, the World Finals, really. Um, I mean it that's going to be big time in terms of both uh final event and crowning some champions. Yeah. Um, and, uh, it's, it's close in, in, uh, I think it's close in PDRA. Um, if you're looking at, let's see, who's my top dragster elite? 
Well, we'll start with uh, we'll start with uh, top dragster regular. Um, okay. Let's see. Leading the top dragster regular in PDRA, we got Tisha Wilson. Uh, in second, there's Nick Maloney. Yep. Uh, third, we got Frank Falter. The fourth. Fourth, there is Dickie Smith, and fifth, there is Ricky Molinar. Okay, so yeah, that's um, that's on the top dragster side. Is that what you said? Yeah, top dragster, uh, top dragster elite. Okay, because yeah, and I think it's close between. Yeah, it's pretty close. With, wait a minute. Well, that was the so you're talking about that was top no, that dragster. was top dragster regular. I'm sorry, that was top dragster regular. That's my mistake. And it's so easy to get confused because Nick Maloney does it on both sides. So you got to be a yeah. little bit, little bit careful, but and uh, making sure. So Tisha Wilson um, is your your leader right now, and she's got um, you know a three hundred point advantage over over Nick Maloney for that for that championship. And so you know there's about five hundred points up for at every race there. So I mean, that, Nick still has a chance. Um, yeah, and, I think and, if they'd have got the event in this weekend, they'd probably give him a better chance if he had a good showing. But um, it's like certainly said, mathematically right. It's still good for Trisha, Tisha and uh, Frank Falter is is right there as well. Um, now Dickie Smith and Ricky Mulner are a little bit farther back. I don't think mathematically they can make that. But um, but uh, man, Tisha sitting in great spot and. And good for her. I mean, she's been so good that uh, she didn't even collect any points at Norwalk, and she's still in the lead. So, a pretty impressive um, season for her, and has a chance to to shut it down. What about yeah. on the uh, the elite side? That looks to be a little tighter. Elite top dragster, um, definitely a little tighter. Uh, yeah, you 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 got a dog fight from one to third. Um, leading, you got Steve Fur. Uh, let's see. In second, you have Peter Maduri, and in third, you have Larry Roberts, and they're they're all close, um, all really really close. Yeah, they're they're separated by you know eighteen points total, and we talked about how you know you can earn over five hundred points um, at an event. So Steve Furr is at sixteen forty one, Pete Maduri at sixteen thirty two. Your your former champion there, and then Larry Roberts sixteen twenty three. So those top three within 18 points, and then Kyle Harrison is altered as close. I mean, he's uh, yeah. 200 points behind. And then Kathy Fisher sitting in five. Um, she's a little farther back, but still technically within striking distance. So, um, I mean, it could that, that could be interesting down the stretch. Could we have an altered that wins the top dragster elite championship? That would be fascinating. How- have you seen that thing run? I have. I watched him at Bowling Green, and it's amazing. And, and, and to be fair, what I really want is I want an all-altered class. That's really what I want. If if I could uh, ma- wave a magic wand, I think that would be awesome. We, get, yeah. we, we need we to eliminate, eliminate roadsters and give altereds their own <laughs> class. That's what we need I didn't to know make if you the world. Let the roasters run, or 
<laughs> no. You know what? In my world, they they all get parked. JP, they all get parked every <laughs> single event. The okay. roachers go, and we just rip the plug wires right off them. That's exactly what happens. So, um, yeah, that elite <laughs> top drags will be fun. It'll be fun. Um, now it yeah, what, it'll be interesting to watch the world finals. Um, on the top sportsman side, the regular side, and this is where you can get confused. But Nick Maloney sitting number one in the regular top sportsman and and he's he's got uh 290 points on your second place joe rubichek who who's had a great season but i mean he's he's still almost 300 points behind nick maloney that tells you how good nick maloney is yeah nick maloney's a bad dude um and rubichek yeah he's he's having a great season but i don't i don't know that he catches I don't I don't know that he catches Nick. Um and let's see, rounding out your top five, you have uh, uh one of my buddies, uh Robbie Crenshaw, uh Jeff Milnick, and uh uh another guy from my area, Mark Payne. So Yeah, those guys were within striking I mean, really it's it's Nick at almost twenty five hundred. Robbie Crenshaw is at seventeen hundred. Yeah. So I mean he really it's down to Nick and Joe. Um, and then you've got Jeff Melnick yeah. sitting fourth, um, 1600. So, I mean, he's just not, not capable now that we've canceled Glott. Although I don't know if you saw this, but Jeff Melnick yeah, like you- pulled double duty in 632 as well. Did you see that? Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. Yeah. I think that's awesome. Yeah. Now that, now that, now that that Glott race has got canceled, that kind of, you know, kind of screws up everybody who was hoping to have really good showings in the last in the last uh, couple of races. And, and I'll tell you, Robbie sitting back there in third is a threat to win at any time. Um, he can, he can absolutely come out and put it together and park that thing in the winner's circle. Uh, he didn't race every race this year, but uh, if he had, I, I feel like he would have been, you know, and he's still up in the top three. If he, if he had a, he probably would have had a little bit stronger showing. Um, yeah. He's I, a very good racer. I'm not, convinced mathematically he can get it done but he's so close that uh yeah this galat this galat cancellation hurts him it really does because he could have could have made some point but um nick maloney and joe rubichek uh gonna battle it out to to figure out the championship i think that's gonna i think that's gonna come down to the wire yep um and then and then on the elite top sportsman side um another I mean, just another just, close. I mean, close one, right? Um, who do you got yeah. at the top there? You got Henry Underwood, um, and then you have uh, Chris Nitrous Nair. Just um, yep, and they'll they'll probably come down to the wire. Those two will probably battle it out at the World Finals. Uh, Buddy Perkinson sitting in third, Donnie Urban sitting in fourth, and Tim Molinar sitting in fifth. Yeah, and I mean. <laughs> How would you like to be Henry, Henry Underwood? Like he's in first, right? And he's less than a hundred points ahead of Chris Nairges, right? So he's going, okay, I'm in first, but the former champion is right there on my tail. Right and there. then and then, oh, by the way, still within striking distance, Buddy Perkinson. Buddy Perkinson. Yeah. Donnie Urban, Tim Molnar, and Tim Lawrence. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, Nothing. Nothing but nothing but hitters in in that class. Uh, <laughs> yeah, 
Um, there, there's nobody in that in in that what top five or six that is not capable of just absolutely coming out and destroying the field. Right. I think what we're gonna do is um, real real quickly. Let's let's talk about the top five in the NHRA side, and maybe we'll dig in at the next. Uh, the, the next episode about the NHRA side, because we've really kind of dug in here on the PDRA and Midwest Drag Racing Series. What, what's the top five real quickly for us, JP? Okay, uh, NHRA and top dragster, uh, Rusty Baxter sitting number one. Of course. Um, Thomas Byers sitting number two. Dane Ward at three. Zachary Sackman at four. And Blake Peebler at number five. Killers. They're all they're all just mass murderers is what they are. And uh Rusty sitting at the top, but man, what a what a group, you know, Dane and and uh man, uh, Blake, people just all those guys right there, they're all capable, right? What about the top exactly. sportsman side? Top sportsman, you have Don Mazir sitting at one, Lance Abbott sitting at two, uh podcast guest Vince Hoda sitting at three, Ed Oakland at four. And Curtis Frederick at number five, and both of those classes are tightly contested too. Yeah, I think I think we deserve to dig in a little bit more on the NHRA side next episode, JP. Yeah, need to definitely look at that because I think there's going to be some shake up there. Yeah, that'll be that'll be interesting um, quite a bit from on the NHRA side, but uh, yeah, we'll dig into that next episode. Whoa, let's get out of the groove for just one second. And JP, I want to tell you, our next guest is maybe the coolest dude we have ever had on the show. And that is saying quite something. I'm, I'm just going to tell you this. Like, I had the opportunity to meet with this dude at the U.S. Nationals in the PRI suite. And there is something about our next guest what I'm telling you is he exudes an aura. He is a dude. Fellas, what I'm telling you is lock up your women folk if you want to keep them when he's around. This is uh, real exciting for us. Please welcome to the show Jeggy Wheats and his dad, Brad. Guys, how we doing tonight? Good. Good. How are you guys? Well, we good. We're doing great, but we are not as good as you. I promise you that much. Um, Brad, you named your son Jeggy, which is absolutely awesome from a uh, drag racing standpoint. Maybe help our listeners out a little bit and tell us just exactly how that comes about because you got to get the wife's permission to do that as well, right? Yeah. Um, well, I'm probably like you guys. I've lived and breathed drag racing my whole life. My dad has drag raced since he was able to, and it's all I've ever loved and all I've ever wanted to do. And every Sunday morning, watching racing in the shop with my dad, uh, Jaggy Coughlin was always my favorite driver. And uh, I just, you know, my wife said, I want my son to have a unique name, and I just threw it out there. I just thought I'd get away with maybe naming a dog Jag or something, you know, but I said, what about Jag? <laughs> I said, what about Jag? And she goes, hey, I kind of like that. And I was like, get out of here. And uh, she went for it. And uh, lo and behold, we have ourselves a little Jaggy. I love that. I love that. Do you like, 
Do you like your name, buddy? Yes. <laughs> that is awesome. And she gets wife of the year uh, for that, clearly. I mean, that's uh, that that's really good. But then it, you were telling me off there that you've, I mean, you've met uh, the namesake, Jed Coughlin, right? And you met him yeah. early, right? Well, how's that go? Yeah, um, I don't want to be judged as a bad parent or anything, but when Jaggy was a week old, we took him to Route 66, and we were trying to be, you know, good parents about it, so we went to the shutdown area where they get out of their cars, and uh, Jag Coughlin happened to win that race, and he got his Wally down there. So we got a picture of Jag holding Jag when he was a week old with his Wally, and that's the first time he met him, and then he's met him several times since, and he's... Uh, Jake Coughlin's been a big proponent of helping us get awareness out for Jake's disease. And uh, the Coughlin family, Troy Jr., everybody has been just awesome friends and awesome people to us. They treat Jakey like a, a little king. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. And I, uh, what I will say is I am ignorant of... Uh, the disease that the NPC disease. So, give our listeners a little bit of background of what that means for uh, for for Jaggy and and um, you know just a little bit of background, medically speaking. Yeah. Um, well, it's uh, it's called Neiman Pick Type C, and I don't like to get into it too hard in front of him usually. Sure. But, um, and you guys feel free to look it up, but basically. Um, he faces a lot of time in the hospital, a lot of, he has to have uh, lumbar punctures in his back every two weeks in the hospital uh, to get medicine into his brain, uh, experimental medicine that we're fighting real hard to get uh, FDA approved, which it has not been yet. But he puts up with a lot and he has Crohn's disease, which is connected to the NPC somehow. They don't know and he fights that on a daily basis, but he's a tough kid. He does a good job with it all and he... As you know, when you met him, it, it doesn't slow down his personality at all. Uh, yeah, absolutely not. Um, yeah, it, he's he's got a juice to him, and I love <laughs> absolutely love that about him, um, Jeggy. And then you you've obviously taken to drag racing, right, my man? You uh, you love driving and and drag racing yourself. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about your car. Cause you're you're a pretty good little drag racer. So tell us about your junior. Half scale. Okay. Got it from your friend. Got it from my friend. And do you bracket race or index race? Mm -hmm. You bracket. Bracket. He's in our local points program. And what's your He's local? A little nervous. Yeah, that's all right. That's all right. What's your what's your local track, Jeggy? Cordova. Ah, okay. All right. So um, you you race there. You're in the local um, points championship there, and um, yeah. And what did you um, tell us a little bit about? Like, what your favorite part of drag racing is? Driving the stripe. <laughs> <laughs> Spoken like a true bracket racer. Right, just uh, yeah. I want to. I want to drive the stripe. I love it. Absolutely love it. You down there rocking the hood scoop, Jackie. <laughs> do you rock the hood scoop? Is that what you do? Yeah. 
It sure makes me proud to hear him in Novice Junior down there ripping the throttle. I, it does make me proud. That's uh, awesome. That is awesome. That is really fantastic. Now you've also, like you, you've mentioned, you've been to Route 66. I saw you at Indy. I know you've been to several other national events. Um, Jeggy, so if you, I know you said you really like Top Sportsman, right? That's your kind of one of your favorite yeah. classes. Yes. All right, that's that's great. What's your? Do you have a favorite body style of car in Top Sportsman? What's your favorite? Mm-hmm. Pick one. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well. Like like them all, yeah. right? Like them all. Yeah. Yeah. Is is that the class then that you would you would run a run or if you had uh, just you know you could do whatever class you want would you run top sportsman or you run like top fuel or funny car or something like that? Pro stock. Oh man, stock. my man! Like this, I'm, JP. I told you, I told you okay. this dude was the he was the guy. Of course he's run pro stock. I mean he's a perfect fast brackets podcast listener. I mean, you're the perfect Absolutely. dude. I love Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Um, Who's your favorite top sportsman racer? Who Who's your dad. favorite top sportsman? Your dad? <laughs> uh, not yet. Not yet. <laughs> we have aspirations of that, but not yet. <laughs> I, I, I get it. <laughs> um, do you have a favorite top or a pro stock driver, Jeggy? Troy. Yeah, man. Oh, Troy, yeah. Yeah, he... Um... he uh, at Indy, he made Troy call Jag and say, what could you possibly be doing that's more important than being here right now? <laughs> <laughs> right. Give him the business, right? Yeah. yeah. That That is great stuff. Um, well, that... that that's really good. That's really good. Um, are you are you still racing this summer then, Jake? Do you have some more races to do, or are you done for the year? Two more. Two more? Okay, both at Cordova? Correct. Yep, at Cordova. Yeah, at Cordova. How are you doing in the points? Uh, four. Fourth? Fourth point. Are you in striking distance of getting number one? Can you? Yeah. Yeah, okay, it's pretty cool. tight. Yeah, so these girls are beating me. <laughs> hey, <laughs> it's, it's sometimes sometimes it happens. There's a, a girl he's crushing on, Eddie. Hey, oh my God. Uh-oh. Hey, you got to hey, They go back and forth. They you go gotta back bring and forth her. on each other. You got to bring her some candy or something to kind of throw off. You got to get in her head a little bit. <laughs> Right, right. Then, then follow in the in the in the line in first round. There you go. There you go. Blow a little kiss before you put the pre-stage bub on. <laughs> they have fun running each other. They're about fifty-fifty on their wins against each other. That's good. I'm rooting for you, buddy. I hope you can. I hope you can pull the championship off. Thank you. No, don't you feel Huh? Yeah, one time I, one time at where were we like Tri State? You're at Tri State one day, and there's like an all run. Then I beat like 
all the older kids, like 12 year olds. You did. You beat all the 12 year olds? Uh-huh. But you're only nine, dude. I thought you were only nine. Yeah. Oh, man, you killed them. Got to beat yeah, up on the older kids. He beat, beat all the 790 cars. I like awesome. it. I like it. Well, Dad, if our... Go, li- oh, go ahead, Jiggy. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I'm going to go 890 next year. Sweet. That is sweet. Um, I, I don't know a lot about the juniors, but I do know that... Um, that there's a there's a lot to learn from the mechanical side. Is that right, Dad? Yeah, it's a heck of a learning curve. It'll make you nuts. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I've I've heard that, but uh, but it sounds like you're you're making the jump to eight ninety, and that'll be um, that'll be a big deal, right? I mean that that what do you yeah. what are you running right now in terms of ET? Eleven ninety. Oh, okay. All right. So yeah, that, that'll be that'll be a nice move mm-hmm. then. Big jump. Yeah. That's very yeah, cool, dude. Looking forward to it. Very cool. Yeah. He said you have to race 1190 for three years. I already done that. <laughs> <laughs> so you ready to move up? Yeah. He's been doing it since he was. He got his license when he was five. And uh, okay. we were looking at the pictures of him when he got his license. And we were like, oh, my goodness. He was so small. It was like I can't believe we did that, but he did a good job. So he obviously he's obviously loves it. Yeah, he obviously loves it, and uh, obviously you know took to it very well. Dad, a little bit. Where where could our listeners just learn more about maybe you know uh, what's going on with him, how to support him a little bit? What's the best Um, way? Yeah, if you guys the best way to learn about it would probably be just uh, get on Facebook. And there's a page all about him, Jags Fight Against NPC. Okay. And we have a lot of information on there, and we keep them up to date on what's going on. And I think there's a link to some different stuff for him on there. And uh, pretty much everything you could want to know should be on that page. And uh, that's probably your best option to, to learn more about it and, and uh, see what you could do if you wanted to. And uh that would be greatly appreciated if you if people just to get awareness out because it's a, it's considered an ultra rare disease. Yeah. So no one's ever no one's ever heard of it. We didn't we've never heard of it until it happened. So, you know, we're never surprised when people say, "Oh, I've never heard of that because it's so rare." So, just getting awareness out is important to us. Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense. So, we'll I'll do that. I will um repost that on the Fast Brackets podcast page. And um, all our listeners can can check that out and and uh, help if they can help if they can and that'd be really really great stuff. Um, so Jackie, you've got two more year two more events yet this year, and then you're gonna put the big motor in, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and do you do you tell talk drag racing with your friends at school? Do they know how fast you go? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you let them know. You let them know I'm faster yeah. than you. <laughs> yeah. Don't they go with you? Some of my friends go with me. Do they? Ooh. Oh, that's great. That's, they that's... Can come down and bring the camper and stuff. Yeah, that's a lot or, of fun, um, huh? 
Yeah. That's fantastic. Well, um, buddy, thanks for so much for coming on the show tonight. Um, really, really excited to have you. And I just really enjoyed meeting you and hanging out with you just a little bit um, when we did meet. And so excited to have you on. Um, we and the whole Fast Brackets Nation are rooting for you for the rest of the year. And, you know, then be excited to hear how you do next year with that 890 motor. Thank you. Absolutely. Go win that championship, buddy. Thanks a bunch for everything, guys. Appreciate it. Yeah, we'll have you back on when uh, when you when you either win that championship or you give us a little feedback on how that 890 motor is going next year. How about that? Yeah. Sounds good. Hopefully, we'll see you guys at another national event. Uh, the, hey, win, win the championship, we'll get a date with that girl. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love it. Guys, <laughs> girls, that is my main man, Jeggy Wheats. He is awesome. All right, as we hit the mile per hour cone, JP, we got to talk about history, man. History in the top sportsman NHRA national event ranks and uh, our good friend, a uh, friend of the show, person who has come on here recently, Vonnie Mills. Vonnie's the first female top sportsman national event champion winner ever uh, for her gender. Um, pretty, yeah. pretty cool. I mean, she was amazing. Um, she came on, told us all about her new car and that thing is gorgeous, right? I mean, absolutely gorgeous. Really nice car and a really nice combination of setup. And congratulations to that team. They work hard and it just goes to show she's getting more and more comfortable in that car. And, and you know, I've been kind of watching, following what they've been doing. And I, I knew it was only a matter of time. It was going a couple rounds here and then a couple more rounds here. And then it was a final. And I was like, that, that's a win waiting to happen. So um, congratulations to them for getting it done on the national stage. That's huge. Yeah, and I, I should say to our listeners, if you if you have not listened to episode 97, go back, listen to 97. Vonnie was on. She was amazing. And to your point, you could see the new car, the new confidence. That thing is, like I said, uh, dialed in and gorgeous. I think she's won a best appearing since unrolling that thing and then wins the national event. And, you know, for our sport, our sport has you know, more female competitors competing at the highest levels. Obviously, uh, you know, it doesn't work that way in a lot of sports. I mean, you, you can't put a WNBA competitor in, an, in the National Basketball Association. But in our world, you can put a female right up against a male. And, man, it, it's as good a battle as the sexes as it gets. Oh yeah, and and it's as it's as competitive as it gets. I think it's I think it's more competitive. It seems like it sparks a lot of rivalries. I mean, you look all the way back to you know Shirley Modowney and in those days with yeah. Don Garlis and Coletta. <laughs> you know, nowadays you got you got Greg Anderson and Erica Enders, and it it just goes on and on. So it, it, it's it's definitely. Well, Definitely we, not a handicap. And it keeps going. Like we just had Jeggy on and he was talking about his little uh, 
you know, a girlfriend that they were going back and forth at it. So like that, it, it just keeps going. Even in Junior Drax's uh, family. <laughs> it's <laughs> right. No, that's, it's so awesome. But I think that is great. And it, it, in the world that is becoming increasingly, I don't know, vocal about uh, all the stuff and trying to keep it equal. I think drag racing does that as well as any sport out there. And um, I'm actually a little surprised that Vonnie Mills uh, breaks the barrier, so to speak, and is the top, is the first female top sportsman national event champ. Yeah, but um, I, yeah, that's it's. I, I didn't, I didn't realize that that was something that didn't happen until they announced that that, that it happened. So, looks like. Yeah, I, I think it's great, and congrats to her for uh, being the first. There will be more. There's no doubt there will be more, but congrats to Bonnie for Definitely. being first. All right, let's bring this thing back in. Let's take a peek in the other lane. Let's do it, JP. Let's take the stripe. Guys, girls, that is the show. It is time to pull the shoots on episode number 104. Wow, 104 episodes. Uh, there it is. There is the wind light and, man, JP, the sweet, sweet sound of Gloria. Love it. Love yes, it. Sir. Have you ever have you ever seen the video to this uh, song, JP? It is. I'm sure I have, but I need to go back and look it up because I know it's just <laughs> plastered with the 80s. <laughs> it's it's amazing. She's just standing next to this monster giant disco ball singing, uh, lip syncing, which is just hysterical. But uh, yeah, go see that. Um, I don't know if it's as good as the show we just gave you today. We had two incredible guests on. We had Jerry Albert. We had Jeggy Wheats. Those guys were awesome. Were they not? Oh, two great guests. Um, Jerry Albert, just a wealth of information. I I might have to get with him to pick his brain, and, and uh, I mean, wh- what can you say about Jackie Weeks? That that young man is awesome. Um, <laughs> just uh, the inspiration, and yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm telling you, we're all rooting for him, and uh, yeah, uh, what a cool dude! So um, worthwhile rooting for for sure. Yeah. Um, Guys, girls, if you have comments, questions, or curse words for me, you know the way to get at us. You can hit us up on the Facebook page using Messenger. Um, You can catch JP in his Miller Performance Motorsports Mobile Operating Center. Um, Or you can hit us at the email, fastbrackets at outlook.com. Guys, girls, I hope you enjoyed it. Keep the rubber side down and travel safe. That was a great episode. Uh, how about just a little prayers up for uh, our friends and family down there in Florida? What all is about to transpire their way? Man, isn't that true? Um, the uh, the southeast branch of 
Fast Brackets podcast is getting really wet, and you know, really, there's there's a lot of action on the East Coast. I mean, obviously, JP, you're you're dealing with it. Um, you know where where you're promoting event this weekend. PDRA is dealing with it. Florida's dealing with it. I guess three hundred thousand people were evacuated down in Florida um, this week because of this yeah. thing coming on. I mean, that is that that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people. Um, Personally, I would want no part of trying to charge up an electric vehicle if that was the thing, if uh, a couple hundred thousand people were trying to get out of the way quickly. But I hope they all do because, man, it, it's uh, some days, some days, brother, it's nice being in Indiana where we don't have to deal with uh, hurricanes. Uh, absolutely. I, I, prayers and my heart goes out to all those people down there, and I hope hope everybody can stay safe and get through this one. Uh, just the that time of the year is an unfortunate thing, but it's something we have to deal with. Yeah, maybe we can get NASA to quit uh, firing rockets at asteroids and maybe figure out how to move uh, the hurricane out of the way. I, I don't why I don't know why they. I'm just <laughs> yeah, I, I'm at a loss on that. <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> I didn't even know we had that technology. To, that's okay. <laughs> right, uh, right. Today's episode of the Fast Brackets podcast is brought to you by Winlight Bets. Winlight Bets is the fastest gaming action on earth. Using the fastest motorsport on earth. Go to the Winlight Bets Facebook page, like and follow to be up to date on all the latest information around gaming and your favorite sport, drag racing. <laughs> 